0: Hey guys, this is Din.
1: And this is Rish. And
0: welcome to Z Talk, the Zelda Dungeon podcast.
1: Hey Din, guess what we got?
0: I know what we got. Do you know what we got?
1: Yeah, we got a pre order for the Wii U.
0: Heck yeah, who else got a pre order for the Wii U? Put your hand up. You know the problem with this? We've done this before, we can't see them. Yeah. How about everybody say I? I. I. Um, that doesn't work either.
1: Anyways, okay, <laughs> so the big announcement was made Wii U coming out November this year.
0: Late November. Woohoo!
1: So, if you don't have a pre-order now... Go get one. Try to get one. GameStop's already stopped pre-orders Have now. they? They oh. have.
0: We ordered it a while ago, so now I don't know anymore.
1: So anyways, uh. there's other special news, guys. <laughs>
0: yeah, guess what else is happening this... I guess the Wii U isn't happening this month, but the announcement was this month. Anyway, guess what else is this month?
1: Our birthday.
0: It's our second birthday!
1: So, two Happy years birthday of Z-Talk. Happy talk yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so we're up to two years of Z-Talk with you guys.
0: And guess what? There's one more other thing that's pretty exciting that we have to talk about.
1: What's that?
0: Coming up in this podcast, because it's our birthday, we're having a reflection segment.
1: So we're going to reflect on some of the good, the not so good, and the totally awesome stuff that we've done here at Z-Talk. I think it's you mostly know what? just good. We should get into it.
0: We totally will. <laughs> Alright, first things first, Rish has an announcement for you all, so I'm going to, uh, let him take it away.
1: Hey guys, this is Rishian, and I'm going to be talking to you about a new segment that's going to be coming up in future podcasts. It's going to be called Rish's Rant, where I, Rishian, rant about things that just drive me nuts. Whether that's about Zelda, about gamers in general... Whether that's about developers, or whether it's society's views on some of these different topics. So, whenever I figure out things that just drive me bonkers, I'm going to be ranting about them. Here, on Rish's Rant.
0: Awesome, Rish. We all look forward to hearing your very first rant. And while we're on the topic of announcements, I uh, guess I can tell you guys what the announcement is about the Keaton Quiz. Maybe I should wait till later, or no? I'm just teasing you. I think you've all waited long enough. So there has been a change to the Keaton Quiz, and here it is. Drumroll. What's going to happen from now on is that after a champion wins five consecutive rounds of the quiz, so they've they've had they've won five quizzes. Instead of simply continuing on on their reign of terror like we've had with some of our past champs, instead now they are going to go up against Axel the Beast in um, boss round quiz, so to speak. And here's the kicker. If they can beat Axel the Beast, they can keep going. They can hold their title, and they can continue down their their path. And if they win five more, they'll come up against Axel one more time. But if Axel wins, that champ will be eliminated, and we will start fresh with two brand-new contestants on the Keaton Quiz. So you're probably wondering why we're doing this. Well, there's a few reasons. The first reason is we're hoping that this will help get us through the list a little faster, having two brand new contestants more often and more quickly. Also, we don't want one person hogging the throne. Um, but, you know, if they, if they really are good enough and they can beat Axel, then they deserve that title and they can keep going. And the other thing is that we've had a lot of requests to have Axel the Beast on the quiz, and uh, if we let him compete normally, I don't think we'd ever have a brand new champ. So, this is what we're doing f- instead. So, I hope you all look forward to uh, hearing Axel on the quiz. Our current champion, Tattle, has already won several quizzes, and when she reaches number 5, she will go up against Axel the Beast. So, keep listening, and hope you enjoy the new rule on the quiz.
1: Hey guys, this is Rishian with another community tip. This time, brought to you by a place where all your shots count, the shooting gallery. So guys, this time on Community Tips I'm going to talk to you about how to report a post that you think is offensive or goes against the site rules and what happens with that report. So what you're going to do is if you are signed into the forums you do have to be registered and signed into the forums. Uh, find the post that you think goes against the rules, and there's a little triangle on the bottom left that, uh, has an exclamation point inside of it, and it, you click on it, and it'll send you to a forum report post page. So you go type in your message about the thread and then you're going to click on send report. And what that does is it sends it to a forum that only site staff can access. From there, usually it's the, mod, the moderators, usually, that jump on it fairly quickly, go to the actual post, and they'll review it. If they find that it is against the site rules as well, they will take the post out with some possible punishments to be handed out along with that. If not, then it stays there, and life goes on. Anyways, that was Community Tips, told to you by Rishian, and brought to you by the place where every shot counts, the shooting gallery. First up here on Ztalk, we have that random guy that everyone loves, Random Person.
0: And he's going to be talking to us about something he's talked about before. That Din doesn't like to talk about. Um, Zelda. Herself. You know, the princess.
2: Sup, ZD. Random Person here. And you're listening to Random in Person. Where Random Person gives his random thoughts about the random things he thinks about in Zelda. Randomly. And this time, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about something that I've actually discussed before. Princess Zelda herself. Now, you all know how I feel about Princess Zelda. And I know that there are some of you out there who don't feel the same way and that you don't really like Zelda. Not saying any names, though. Oh, man so sorry about that, it's completely unintentional by any means necessary, oh man, I gotta take care of that. But I have not come to try and force you to think like I think, because it's not that time of the year yet. What I've come to do is explain a theory that I have about Princess Zelda, or rather about Princess Zelda's power. Now, looking throughout Princess Zelda, uh, <laughs> Princess Zelda, throughout the Legend of Zelda series, the Zeldas of the land have been given this power. The, the light power of Hyrule, I believe, is what was described as. We've also seen that the Zeldas tend to be more pure in nature. Um, and when you look at literature, the aspect of light is often connected with purity. And And my theory is, I think Nintendo was trying to... Saying that Zelda's personality is due to the light power that is within her and that's what i'm going to be talking about today ladies and gentlemen and i'm going to use um the game the main game's ocarina of time pass to prove my point but you know, this this uh, this theory applies to all the zeldas there's more examples i'm just too lazy to think of them so, while I'm talking, you guys can go ahead and think of them. I know you guys love doing the work for me when I'm so lazy. I know I can count on you guys when I'm lazy. I, I'm just I'm so proud of you guys. But you guys make me so happy. First Zelda, let's look at her. Ocarina of Time Zelda. What exactly proves that her power is the reason why she's acting so pure? I mean, most of the game, you don't even see Zelda. You see Sheik. And Sheik doesn't exactly have this essence of purity about him and that's when it hit me. Sheik is the proof that I'm looking for. Now Sheik and Zelda you know they're they're the same entity but most of us don't consider them the same person if you get what I meaning I might ask you what's your favorite character in Ocarina of Time and you say Zelda you don't think Zelda and Sheik. If you say Sheik you don't think Sheik and Zelda. You think of them as two separate things and that's because their personalities are so different and I feel, though, I ha- I don't really have any proof of this, so you can, you know, call me out on this one if you really feel like it. But I feel that when Zelda was Sheik, she was suppressing her light power. I believe she was actually pressing it down and using the Sheikah magic that has been passed down throughout the Sheikah generations. And if you look at the Sheikahs, they're not exactly, you know, they use kind of, a kind of dark magic looking at them throughout the games. And so that would probably give them a more kind of dark personality. I mean, Sheik doesn't appear to be Mean or anything, but you know once Zelda once Zelda comes out and rips off those man clothes She completely changes her personality is a complete 180 and it just so happened that it just uh, It just happened to happen after her powers, you know start coming to light a bit more Next up is Wind Wicker Zelda Tetra. Oh My goodness take what I just said about Sheik's personality doing a 180 and multiply that by about a billion. Tetra is a sassy girl with questionable morals and is a pirate, not only a pirate, she's the captain of the pirate ship. So why in the wig would she agree to staying inside a castle and letting Link go out and have all of the adventure? That doesn't make sense personality wise for Tetra. However. At the time, Tetra was not exactly Tetra. Tetra's inner power had been awakened in her. The power of the royal family, the light power. Which was, you know, she became Zelda. She not only let her hair down and put on the dress, she literally became Zelda. It's like the personality that comes with this light power is Zelda. And she really didn't have much of a choice in the matter. Because with that purity, with with that pure nature taking a hold of who she was... She saw things in a different light, mind the pun. She's completely different from Tetra, who would have, if told that she had to wait in the castle, be like, um, uh-uh. I know these seas better than anybody. Why am I letting some weirdo kid from Outset Island wearing a man's skirt do this job for me? I don't even need his help. Let me do it. I'll go kick Gennon's butt all by myself. But she didn't, because she had Zelda's personality. And it happened after her light powers were awakened. Next up is Twilight Princess Zelda. Warning, the following Zelda is Random Person's favorite Zelda. This could lead to him saying a lot of good things about this particular Zelda. We apologize for any fanboyish things that may come out of Random Person's mouth during the segment. Thank you. Now, I believe Twilight Princess Zelda is probably the most pure out of the Zeldas. Um, if- I mentioned- I mentioned this in my Twilight Princess article, that I feel Nintendo tried to make Zelda a... the most pure character they could- they- they could. But still, Zelda being pure, um, how does the, that prove that her power is what's making her that way? Well, the best proof for this Zelda is actually not Zelda herself, but it is Midna. Midna, oh my goodness, was a spoiled brat at the beginning of Twilight Princess. Not, <clears throat> She did all sorts of things that just made you want to slap her upside the head. But then after she gets Zelda's power in the middle, she does a complete 180 with her personalities, which I'm learning happens a lot in Zelda for some reason. She goes from laughing at you, laughing at uh, your miseries, laughing at everybody you care about miseries, telling you to steal stuff and then laughing about that, to this, she's like this complete selfish person, not evil mind you, just really selfish and sinister that you don't want to be around. She goes from that to when you tell um, Shad to leave, she gets upset that you may have hurt his feelings. Not upset at you, she's upset at herself for telling you to tell him to leave because you may have hurt his feelings. That's a huge change. And Zelda actually says something that helps prove my point. Uh, She's talking to Midnasha, she's got her power back. She's like, you and I were one, for however brief a moment it was. Which goes to show the emphasis that her power um, helps connect who Zelda actually is. Shadow has been moved by light it seems. How amusing. I love that line so much, my favorite line in video games. Next up is Skyward Sword Zelda, last Zelda I'm going to be talking about. Um, Skyward Sword Zelda is a lot of people's favorite Zelda, but she's actually, um, my least favorite Zelda. Um, we can talk about that later. And you probably look at Skyward Sword Zelda and you think she does like, she doesn't easily portray the purity that the other Zelda's. She's not a, a, a stereotypical pure princess like Ocarina of Time Zelda was. She's not a benevolent queen like Twilight Princess was. She was what I call the quote-unquote stereotypical girlfriend. I've heard Juice J call her the girl next door, which is also a good description of her. She's bossy, but even if you think that Zelda's bossiness makes her less pure, which I don't, Nintendo takes Zelda's bossiness, and once her um, full goddess powers have been awakened, her bossiness is just gone. You know, she started with this half bossy, half really innocent, and then once the powers were awakened, the bossiness was just gone, and it was just the innocent, pure Zelda. And Nintendo was really trying to emphasize Zelda's purity after her power had been fully awakened. A completely white dress. Nintendo, obvious symbolism is obvious. And that's the theory. Zelda's power has a clear connection to Zelda's personality. It's almost as if, I don't know if I said this before, but it's almost as if Zelda does not have a choice in the matter of how she wants to act. There's there's going to be variances, but all in all, she's going to be pure. She's going to have other people's um, interests at heart. She wants to do things that are good for everybody. And it's because this power of light that is in her, it's it's forcing her to be like that. And I I really feel Nintendo was trying to emphasize that because they left us all these clues. And as I always say, you can disagree with me. Um, but if you do disagree with me, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that you're right, because there's a lot of evidence. It's not just this, like I always say, it's not just this evidence I'm telling you, it's a lot more evidence, too, and it affects all the Zeldas in the series, well, all the ones I've seen in the series. But, um, those are my thoughts, that's my theory, um, you guys know where to find me if you have questions about that, or if you want me to talk about anything else on Random in Person, or just want to talk to me in general, Random Person 2119 at Yahoo.com. Find me on Zelda Dungeon. You guys know I love talking. People in the shout box know I can't shut up. I'm just waiting for somebody to say something. And uh, I'm on Facebook now and on Twitter now, so you can find me on there and uh and go on there and tell me to talk about stuff on the Zelda Dungeon podcast. But um, uh, yeah, that's it. Well, that was random, and I'm out.
1: Thank you, random person. We really enjoyed your talk about Zelda, even if Din's pouting a little bit. I don't think she's going to talk now.
0: Random I mean, Random, you and I are going to have a talk.
1: Uh-oh, I am so glad I'm not a random person. Let's move on to the next segment.
3: It's time for the mailbag.
1: Hey guys and welcome back to another edition of the mailbag. Our first question is from a longtime listener and uh a contributor good and a good friend. It's Axel the Beast. Go ahead, Axel.
4: Hey, Din and Rish, Axel the Beast here. Uh, wanted to know what you guys thought was better: having a lot of enemy variety in a Zelda game, or just a few really deep enemies? Do you think one or the other is better, do you think a balance is best, or do you think it doesn't really matter?
1: Alright, for me, I have to say, enemy variety is a huge thing for all of them, except for, say, the main bad guy in a game. He has to have a deep story behind him. But for the rest of them, it can just be a grab bag of goodies, I think.
0: I think that um, I really like enemies that have a deeper story or aspect to them. Even if you this was done with bosses, like I like bosses that have backstories and that kind of thing, or even if there was kind of a main enemy in an area for that enemy to have a deeper understanding. But if you have the same enemy everywhere then it gets boring, even if that does have a, a backstory.
1: So the backstory you mean in kinda like those little uh can't remember their names, the little goblin dudes in the uh Lanu Desert? Kind of thing.
0: The blends?
1: Yeah. But, oh, but like, bocal blends are the de- everywhere. The dead ones though. Because they were there back when
0: Yeah, I guess they the you know, the, the idea of they took over or whatever. I guess I was meaning more like like a backstory like Volvagia has.
1: Okay, you know, so but... that would work well with yeah. bosses. Yeah. Alright. And our next one is from Leighton Link, and he asks
4: Hello, Den Rush. This is Leighton Link. Um, My question is, I was wondering, what kind of game were you expecting for the 3DS, the new Zelda game, not Ocarina of Time 3D? It's already out, obviously. So anyway, thanks.
1: Okay, so new game for the 3DS, what are we expecting from it? Well, um, I'm hoping that they will take advantage of the uh, enhanced graphics of the 3DS to hopefully do something with that.
0: I think that Nintendo has kind of got this path going of Toon Link is on the handhelds, and we've got kind of a mix of things going on on the um, consoles. But with the Wii U coming, we have a system that is a handheld and a console, but we just have, you know, the 3DS is strictly a a handheld, so part of me thinks that they will continue on that path, that we'll see Toon Link games on the 3DS. Um, But, I mean, obviously Ocarina of Time wasn't... um, and it was a re-release but
1: well i mean i know a lot of people will be like why i'm still hoping for a majora's mask remake but (laughs) as don't hold your breath (laughs) but as for a new game yeah i'm gonna have to say it probably will be toon link although i think that would be a waste of the graphical interface of the 3ds Alright, so Let's... we're going to move on to our written questions, and our first one is, if you guys have ever read some of the comments, is somebody that you've seen before, is Juicy J. And he asks, which Zelda game would you say has the best combat system?
0: Skyward Sword.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have to say Skyward Sword Because it actually immerses you in the combat Even
0: though I complained about the combat It definitely had the best combat system uh, Coming up in a close second though I'd say it's Twilight Princess because of the hidden skills I love the hidden skills and wish they'd put them in Skyward Sword
1: See and you know what That's uh, I will admit I didn't get to play Twilight Princess Quite as much as Din here I mean she <laughs> 200 completed hours it on my file. just went to town on it And I haven't even really gotten to sit down And play it yet for the most part, but yeah, the hidden skills are pretty cool. Um, Our next one is from Ocarina of Wind 12, and they ask, hey Din, hey Rish, with uh, what do you want to see in the upcoming Zelda Wii U?
0: The graphics that they showed us at E3. (laughs) So
1: Din, Din wants it to actually be awesome graphics. I'm hoping, once again, for full use of the graphical capabilities of the system because they seem to really drop the ball on that sometimes so hopefully that um combat the combat's going to be really interesting i think with these separate controllers
0: and something i have said in past uh i think it was a mailbag um i'd like them to see i'd like to see stealth elements added to uh zelda games and... So maybe some of that.
1: So more so than the hiding from the guards getting through the castle gardens? No,
0: I mean like stealth. Like stealth stealth. Anyway, next question. Okay.
1: Our next question is from the Lucans. Okay, that's a funny spelling, but alright. The, the Lukens, I'll say that. Do you think it would be a good idea to have a Legend of Zelda game where you are the final boss? Meaning you would race to each temple... Find your way to the boss room, and then when the hero comes through the boss door, try to defeat the hero. I'm going to simply say, no.
0: I don't really think that that would be a Zelda game. To me, Zelda, you play as the hero, trying to save Zelda. So, to play as the bad guy, I mean, it's a cool idea, but it wouldn't be a Zelda game.
1: Yeah, I think that kind of goes against the hero aspect of the game. Our next one is from I Dark Link. And they ask, which Zelda game do you think was the most realistic and seemed to have the most deep story? Twilight Princess.
0: Twilight Princess had a pretty awesome story, I would agree. Um,
1: I think it was the most realistic in the way of graphics as well. I
0: Yes, oh, I totally, total, 100% agree with that. Um, I was going to say Skyward Sword had a pretty good story too, but it wasn't very... Realistic. I'm not sure what you mean by realistic, because I don't think any of the Zelda games are really realistic. I mean, not many pig monsters run around and steal uh, princesses.
1: Well, I <laughs> try to take over the world. Well, in the way of graphics, <laughs> I have to say Twilight Princess. Maybe in the way of the physics of it, I would probably actually go Skyward Sword.
0: Majora's Mask had an awesome story too, though.
1: Had a really good story, but it was a little cartoony. It's hard to pick. It is hard. Quick, you have five seconds. Twilight Pick. Princess. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and our last question is from Master Quest 17 And this is a question that we do get quite often, but we don't mind answering it every time. It's, which Zelda game is your favorite?
0: I don't think riches has changed. Wait, 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 let me guess. Is it Ocarina of Time?
1: Maybe. Although I do like Skyward Sword and... From what I have played, I do like Twilight Princess, and I like the early games too. And if you guys uh, listen to a little segment that will be on here, you'll understand why I can say I like pretty much all the Zelda games, except for some of the spin-offs. Tingle! <clears throat> I
0: don't like all of the Zelda games. I don't like Wind Waker.
1: Why do you not like Wind Waker? I can't
0: stand it. I, I don't know why.
1: <laughs> Is it the cell shading, did And
0: the sailing. It just, it kills it.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I mean, you gotta give it a chance, right? I
0: I know. I know.
1: (laughs) Alright, that's all we have time for, this time on the mailbag. So keep those questions coming to dinandrish at gmail.com. And
0: remember, if you send us voice questions, you get priority to be on the mailbag. So, send those voice questions in.
1: Next up, uh, we're going to turn it over to Colonel Majora, who's, uh, doing some interesting stuff for us.
0: Yes, this is what we were telling you about earlier, with, um, Z-talk reflecting back on itself for its birthday. So, we'll turn it over to Colonel.
5: Hi everyone, this is Colonel Majora, not with another Legendary Reflections this month, but instead... I've pulled together a bunch of your favorite podcast people for a review of the last two years of epic podcasts produced here on ZD. Here around the microphone today, I have four guests with me. We have our co-hosts, Din and Rish. We also have Anime Bassoon and Axel the Beast. This month, we've each picked out out our favorite segments from the last two years. And we're going to look back at them and just what made them so awesome. And after all that, we'll look at one final segment that has been picked by all of us as one last great creation of podcast goodness. But without further ado, let's get started. Alright, so how's everybody doing here? Good. Good. Doing pretty good. Good.
0: Alright. Does
4: anyone want to go first? Anyone want to use theirs? I'm going to volunteer myself since everyone else is being quiet. Very good. Which one when- do you... Uh, the Red Star Theory by a random person? I don't know, uh, I don't know what podcast that was in. That was, uh, episode
5: two, that was Majora's Mask Month. Here's a quick clip of that one.
2: My conclusion to this is that the Red Star is actually the light that comes down on Romani's ranch. Because the Red Star disappears on the first night at the exact time that, you're supposed to be helping Romani. And it is never seen again until you rewind time. So I'm guessing that the red star is either them coming toward Termina or them orbiting Termina, you know, just waiting to strike. But I'm pretty sure the red light is them.
5: So what
4: did you guys think of that? Uh, I was actually like, this is one of the. Well, I guess this was Random's first segment, but this is like one of the first podcasts I really got into, really, really watched. And you know, I, I never, admittedly, I never checked the whole theory that he talked about. I'm sorry, Random, um, but it was it was really interesting. I've never. Uh, it's not something I noticed in the game, and it's it's uh, it's very hard not to take him seriously on it. He's definitely got, a, he's pretty sharp there.
5: Yeah. Um, it, it was had a fair amount of humor in it. that was that. Like definitely made it easy for us to like expect more
4: from him because he did yeah. it really well. Yeah. And I actually was, think he, or I actually think he balanced his humor and his seriousness better in this segment than maybe some of his later ones. For me personally, I noticed that the red star disappeared like
3: in his segment, but I never like gave it any caring. And as soon as I heard it, I'm like, huh?
5: I should actually go actually pay attention to that. And yeah, I went like, oh my gosh, what the heck's happening? I went and did it afterwards. After I was <laughs> done seeing, I just went, turned on
4: the, see, the mask. see, now I feel terrible. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, I've always actually really loved the alien guys. So it's like, I, maybe I'm really biased picking this segment, but it is actually it, it is good for the podcast to have really interesting theories like that, really
1: well thought out ones.
4: Shall we move on? Yeah, sure. All right, who
1: wants to go next? I'll go next.
5: Alright, which one did you pick, right? So, uh, the one
1: I picked is whether or not Majora's actually evil by duck noises. Oh
5: yeah, that, that one was from the same podcast, uh, episode 2.
1: That was. Yeah, here's, here's a clip of that one. So, something that always struck me as odd is how people intend to interpret Majora as an evil character, and that Majora is, like, the pinnacle of evil be honest, but I I never really interpreted Skull Kid nor Majora as manifestations of evil, but really manifestations of chaos. Skull Kid is just your run-of-the-mill, misunderstood, possessed child. Happens every day. How is that? I think a big thing about this is it's interesting to see the dichotomy between whether it's evil and whether it's actually not. Because he talks about how Majora's not interested... In evil, per se, he's actually amoral. He's just interested in the chaos. And that's a good dichotomy to Clock Town, which is all about order and time.
0: You know, the thing... I think about um, this article... I I refer to it as an article, because in my opinion, it was an article in audio. It was very well written. And um, I think that Z-Talk needs more... uh, segments like this, but the other thing that was awesome about this segment was it created some controversy, because some people sided with him and some people didn't. Some people thought that Majora knew exactly what he was doing, and uh, that he is truly evil.
5: Yeah, that that that's probably just because, like, evil and good, that whole argument and philosophy is just, like, that's an opinionated thing. You can't tell somebody what good is. That's basically just common opinion of what good and bad are so it's definitely going to spark arguments and that's probably a good thing to have on the podcast because we want people to discuss these things and make their
1: own opinions uh the big thing that i look at is the fact that um you know what when you're playing a video game you have to be facing something that's evil in your mind whether or not it truly is and that is Something that people automatically jump to when they're playing a video game is it's evil.
5: Really, this was just one of the mo- most like academic, for lack of a better term, very, segments. Very. Like, it just it had it had Shakespearean character references, and dictionary definition and all this stuff. And like I, I do research, but I've never done that I'm much on one or
1: I agree. Okay, this is like, this is something I would expect from a university lecture not from a podcast which is awesome though we want more educated thought
0: i think that it was a great step forward in Talk's academia
5: <laughs> how about we do another one anime what about you which one did you pick um i chose the ocarina of time abridged by cinnamon in the ocarina of time podcast uh that was episode 10 right yeah should
4: be yeah here's a here's a short clip and then you head off to death mountain Again, the tough rock Goron people prove to be absolutely defenseless despite being big tough rock people as they are imprisoned in jail cells within the volcano. Can someone explain to me why there are jail cells within a volcano? And why does another half-naked fairy lady live inside of the volcano? Why can't she move in with her half-naked fairy sister on top of the volcano where it's not freaking burning hot? How was that one?
3: For me, so much fun. I found hilarious. We're not, we're all thinking, but we're not going to say it, and then said it right then and there, and, well, we're all laughing our butts off then.
0: I think she brought a measure of, um, reality to Ocarina Time, and showing that... Which you know they
4: weren't prepared for at all.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think that combined with how, like, I think she went really fast, but the pace was good for the humor.
4: It's like the game logic thing. It's like, especially in the N sixty four days, they did not t- try to wrap up those details. So right. it's like an open target. It's like a big freaking target, and it's uh, Simen is really good at picking at it. One of the things uh, one of the things she actually did point out that I never ever noticed, but you're not supposed to notice it. But once she, she points it out, it's like, oh my God, is the fact that you are consistently going inside gods. Yes. Throughout the whole game, <laughs> I, I never. I never actually
0: noticed that um and she also has the ability to laugh at herself i think this segment also contributed to z talk's um direction of humor
4: yeah yeah which i think is a good one i think uh, humor is one thing that can be implemented into about anything and it's always appealing to almost anyone i think this is actually cinnamon uh, cinnamon was uh, one of the first segments i listened to like aside from Duck Noise one that you guys were talking about, uh, where it seems really well planned out, really well scripted,
5: yes. and
4: I think that it's a really impressive thing. It, it really struck me when I listened to it for the first time, and it's something that the podcast in general, it, it's its good, and podcast segments that do that, they're really good.
5: Well, I thought it was funny.
4: How about, uh, and what,
5: what, what one did you pick?
0: I picked the Mallow Mark commercial by random person. <laughs>
5: That was from episode three. Here's the uh,
2: well a much shorter clip. Don't know what to buy your loved one for Christmas. Or maybe you know what to buy them, but you don't have enough rupees. Well then come on down to Malo Mart, located in North Castletown. Yes, Mallow Mart, where everything's cheap. You'll like the prices so much you won't be able to stop dancing. And
5: what can you say about
0: I loved it. And I'll tell you, the major reason I loved it was it was a completely unique segment. It's the first and only commercial we have ever had on Z-Talk. And it goes back to the the humor thing. And it's also the only segment we ever had where someone impersonated a character rather than spoke about Zelda from the third person.
1: Not to mention the super quick language at the end, just like an actual radio commercial, and you have to slow it down and really think about what he's saying.
3: Well, for me, I think the individuality of it is just so out there that I thought about making something like that, you know, just to be silly, and I'm like, I don't have the capacity just to do that. It's just so unique that you want to emulate it, but you just can't because it's just so awesome. You don't want to mess with what's already there. It's because it's random, dude. (laughs) It
0: It is because it's random. It's because (laughs) it's (laughs) random. I also love the, like I said, the truly embodiment of the character. At the very end of the sped-up section, he says, "We don't care," uh, in reference to if you don't like your product. And I think that that's a totally different direction that z ever had, of someone having a negative reaction rather than a positive reaction in their segment.
5: Truth sure, in advertising. I just hope he makes another one. Me too. Well. Um, I'm all that's left. So I picked influencing future Zelda titles by Agoraphobia. That was in episode 15. Here's a quick clip of it.
2: Shadow of the Colossus, uh, specifically the exploration part. Uh, one thing that I think that game did very well was giving you a lot to see, but with no explanation towards it. Now, of course, you know everybody likes their connecting games and connecting stories and hints to other games, which is great. I love that stuff, too. But imagine being able to explore like a part of Hyrule that's never been seen before or has history simply by the cosmetic look.
5: I liked it. It's something that no one's done before.
1: I have to say, it is good to see how other titles from other games, other systems, other whatever, actually influences the game. And if you think about it later on, we'll hear clips about how the game has influenced other titles. I
5: noticed that there was, there was no... he didn't reference any n- Nintendo games. Like, he didn't compare Zelda to any other Nintendo games. They're all, like, from different companies, like, totally different genres. So, right, well, well, not totally different, but you know what I mean? And, like, that's a good change because most of the time, it's like people just compare... Zelda
4: to games made by Nintendo. Right, but I think one of the reasons for that is because Nintendo does pull from other games in their own, like, their their own company's games to make their other games. A lot of developers will come over from one game and implement ideas they had in mind, and I think, get with uh, other Zelda games, like Agoraphobia, awesome username, by the way, I was talking about, <laughs> is, uh, you know, Zelda, Nintendo does kind of need to learn sometimes to take ideas from other series so he probably didn't mean it. I, I can tell he didn't mean it because he has such a chill, relaxed voice during <laughs> this segment. But uh, he inadvertently, I think, made one of a, a good example of a actual critical of Zelda segment. Like, that's one of those ideas that can probably be
5: used again. You know, it's, like, use new material because he could have used other games. He only used, uh, I think four. I want to see like, some stuff from, like, Assassin's Creed and Skyrim and like, other, other things like that. Like, there's so many more games that could have, like, obviously put a spin on it, but, like, take some
1: stuff from those games, use a bit of it, in, uh, and, like, I want to see more of that. And that is the way the game industry has developed, is by borrowing innovation from other games in order to make their game a stronger one.
5: Yeah, and, and like, some of those things have been used in other series before, and it's just, like, some more of that, like, RPG-style stuff And, like, you could say, like, some things are solitary to, like, Red Dead Redemption and Shadow of the Colossus and, like, those kinds of things. But, like, some things just are general RPG and adventure game elements that we want to see more of in Zelda. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have to agree.
5: But, uh, that's all of our choices, so how about we move on to the one we all picked? we all, in the end, we decided on Jin and Rish's segment on Ocarina of Time 3D's boss challenge.
1: What did everybody think? Alright, here's a clip. Bongo Bongo, the Phantom Fantasy. Shadow Beast.
0: What's, there's not much to say, I'm sorry. His He's...
1: name says it all. He loves bongos, he loves long floats on the beach, and setting <laughs> fires to Kak Rico Village.
0: There you go. He's, he, you just made a dating profile. Yeah, I was going profile. to say, if you look
1: carefully on Lava Life, you'll find his dating profile. Now what did everybody
0: think? I think it's really hard, I think it's really, really hard to review myself.
1: Yeah, and I mean, some of the stuff, you forget about the boss, and then you're like, oh yeah, that, um, what do I say about him? Or her, or I mean, like, You guys should just say it's like,
5: awesome.
0: I think that, I like, parts... The-
5: the, the, how giddy
1: Din was on her
0: theory. That's what I was going to say!
5: About <laughs> Morpha.
1: Yeah, Din was so happy to be able to bring biology into Zelda. Biology teacher, Din.
0: You know, I was in a really good mood the day we recorded it, and even in me listening to the segment for us to review it, some of the things I noted were that how enthusiastic and excited I was, and I pulled out words like flustered, and... <laughs>
4: i got to give you guys props for actually tackling this topic, because the boss challenge looks epic. I mean, I still haven't gotten to play that game, but it looks really fun. And it's just awesome to see a segment just about bosses, about monsters. I love monsters. Love, love seeing people talk about
1: monsters. Well, and what... uh, in Ocarina of Time, Nintendo never really does go into the background behind the titles. So we had to kind of drag up our own ideas from the bowels of our minds to come up with something. Yeah, it's a
4: little owls of your mind came up with lava life. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, mean,
1: I don't know how that happened. I mean, uh... You
4: guys did a really good job, though. It's almost similar to Cinnamon's segment, really really digging at the actual logic of it. You know, Bongo Bongo, Bongo needs, needs like love, said, too. There is no explanation. They're just friggin' monsters. Like, Bongo Bongo
1: just makes no sense. No. He need Hey, like, he needs love, too, okay?
0: I think that this segment really uh, contributed to Rish and I being able to um, lead off of each other's um, humor and comments and statements, and that that helped us with future podcasts in our hosting. I think
3: you had a bit of a trouble going off of Rish's idea of, oh, it's just canon's
0: evil magic. Done. Yeah, because it was the cop-out oh, answer.
1: Hey, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta,
0: can I, can uh, I have a word
1: with you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go right ahead. Let's hear it.
4: Constantly talk about spiders, referencing the pinchers being something that makes it not spider-like. Even though scorpions, known for their pinchers are arachnids, Axel there's a p- lot of arachnids that don't look anything like
3: spiders. Ladies and gentlemen, Al- axel's hulking out right now. <laughs> um, we we, we, we. So Axel We can't we
1: can guarantee that that Rich is going to get out alive, but uh, I'll be oh, fine.
4: Rish, though, there's one thing I want to say to Ben. That and Morpha are both female. Okay, that man! Whoa!
1: Hold in on! To be male, and
4: Morpha's a
0: Which the is, fact, in an, is. The fact language. of the matter. No, 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 Axel, stop. The fact of the matter is that the English language has no word for a gender neutral pronoun. Ergo, you have to pick one or the other. I am trained also. Use it? It, it? You want me to use. It for a boss?
5: Yeah, but it, What is this? But you oh, know... Bongo Bongo is a chick.
1: Okay, no. Because
5: no. he's too
0: weird. I don't know.
5: No,
1: no. Bongo Bongo has to be a guy he's built. Darker Bongo. can't have life. <laughs>
5: To be
0: honest,ly I don't even know
4: what you're talking
1: about when you keep saying dark Rome. Like, it doesn't yeah. make me... You know what? I had to come up with an idea. And the idea that... An evil sorcerer of kinds draws magical power from another realm is prevalent in human history. So I just came up with an idea. Okay, Dark Realm, that's good for dark magic. It's not a true realm, but I had to come up with something. Ladies and gentlemen, this is. About th- your th- yes, yes, there's nothing
3: that suggests this in any way.
1: I used human history to try to make something.
4: I don't
3: even
4: know what you're talking about anyway. And how does that work out when you play Okay, I think we should. Like, okay, okay, okay. So I know how I know I'm going to beat all these guys. I'm going to use the phalanx maneuver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? I love this okay, I think we should um, funnel
0: back down to the segment. Um... <laughs>
1: so in the end, it was a good fun segment, which allowed me and Din to learn how to work together a little better as hosts. Can I can I finish with that? Is that okay? Axel, that makes you happy. Is that good enough? I think he smashed his computer.
0: I was gonna say I can't even hear him anymore.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: <I know. laughs> well, on the
5: deadly note of
0: Axel the Beast, um, I that's
1: uh, um, all for today. Oh. This was very professional. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about as far from professional as we can get. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening, guys, and everybody, say bye. Bye, guys. Me and Din will talk to you soon. Bye!
5: Well, that's all we got for now. I'm sure that this next year is going to be super epic, just like the last two have been. Make sure to send in your own segments. As Din and Rish say, Talk's always looking for more. So grab a mic and let us hear your opinion on, well, anything you want. And if you want, leave a comment down below this post about your favorite segment or segments that you've heard so far, and why they're just so awesome. But that's about it. Uh, one last big thanks to Din, Rish, Axel the Beast, and Anime Bassoon for participating in this little review of the last two years of you talk, and a big happy birthday to it from all of us. This has been Colonel Majora, and good day, good night, and good game.
1: Thanks, Colonel Majora, for uh, allowing us to kind of, you know, go back and relive some of our happy early times.
0: And um, thank you very much for letting us look back and see how we have improved over the course of our two years.
1: As for you, Axel, the game is always on.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
3: And now, the Keaton Quiz.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Keaton Quiz. This is Talk's Game Show, where two contestants are asked ten questions from three different categories. The Legend of Zelda, where they must show their knowledge of the games in the series. Z-Tunes, where they must name the title of a song and what game the song is from. And Zelda Dungeon, where they show their knowledge of our website. Legend of Zelda and Zelda Dungeon questions are worth one point each. Z-Tunes questions are worth two points, one for the correct title and one for the correct game. Contestants have 10 seconds to buzz in and 10 seconds after buzzing to answer a question correctly. If a contestant buzzes before the question has been read in its entirety, the remainder of the question will not be read. If a contestant buzzes in and hesitates for more than the 10 seconds or gives a wrong answer, his or her opponent may steal a chance at the question. At this time, the question may be reread. All questions and answers are created from Zelda Dungeon's web pages. The winner of the game becomes a champion and moves on to the next round to challenge a new opponent. After winning five rounds, the champion will face off with our very own Axel the Beast. If Axel wins, the champion is eliminated and the next two contestants will begin a new round of quizzes. However, if the champion is victorious, they will continue their reign. Anyone can be a contestant on the Keaton Quiz by signing up on the forums, but all applicants should note that cheating of any kind is grounds for disqualification. Good luck to all of our contestants.
1: All right, and welcome to our two contestants this time on the Keaton Quiz. We have our returning champion, Tattletales. Hello, Tails. Hi. There we go. For a minute, I, I lost well. you. And our challenger for this time is the great lord himself, Lord Jabu-Jabu. Hello. All right. And uh, before we get going on this, uh, Tails, can I hear your buzzing sound?
3: Yes, you may, Wish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And... Jabu-Jabu. Perfect. Perfect. There we go. Just have fun, and
3: you're probably
0: not gonna win,
5: so don't feel too bad. Oh!
1: Well, I don't know about that. On the first King Quiz, I got 100%. Cool. Oh. Oh. Tough words from both of them.
0: Alright, here we go. I didn't bother copying. Okay. Question number one. Category? The Legend of Zelda. What item... Must be used to defeat Helmisaur in a link to the past. Tattles first.
3: Le Hammer.
1: That is correct for one. It's the Magic Hammer.
0: Alright, question number two. Category Z Tunes. Name the title of this song. Tattle got it first.
3: Was
0: it the Southern Dream Shrine in Link's Awakening? Holy cow! That is correct for oh, two! Wait, I'm scared I got the game wrong! No, oh, you were right! So Tattle's at
1: three. Jabu Jabu, you need to get on the board here.
0: Question number three. Category, Legend- Zelda Dungeon. Which Zelda game has the most focus on the Zelda Dungeon wiki? That's easy. Skyward Sword. I see links to that stuff all over the place. That is correct. correct. For four. Well, up to four. Come on, Jabu Jabu. Okay. Question number four. Category, The Legend of Zelda. In Ocarina of Time, what is the full title of the boss of the Shadow Temple? Tattle.
3: Oh, of course I have to blank. Um,
0: Uh, demon Phantom? Out of uh, time! Okay, Lord Jabu Jabu, you get a chance no to steal. In Ocarina of Time, what is the full title of the boss of the Shadow Temple?
4: Is it.
5: King of Shadows. Bongo Bongo? Uh,
1: no! As incorrect. The correct answer. The correct answer is Phantom Shadow Beast, Bongo Bongo. Ooh, spooky.
0: Ooh, spooky. No point for that one. Okay. Question number five. category: The Legend of Zelda. How many bottles are there to collect in Wind Waker? Oh, Tabl got it in first. Four. That is correct.
1: That's correct for one point. Tattle is up to five. five.
0: The next question, however, is worth two points. (coughs) Question number six. Category Z-Tunes. Name the title of this song. Oh! Lord Jabu Jabu was first that time.
5: That is the twin dancers theme from Majora's Mask.
1: Cross we enough. will take that. We will take that for two. It is the Rosa Sisters Dancers from Majora's Mask.
0: Uh, you're, I'll take that for you. Okay, so Tattle's at five. Lord Jabu Jabu's at two.
1: So there is a chance here, guys.
0: Question number seven. <coughs> Category, The Legend of Zelda. In the Minish Cap, in what dungeon do you find the Mole Nits? Tattle. Fortress of Wins. That is correct! That is
1: correct. The current score is six for Tattle Tales and two for Lord Jabu Jabu, with three questions left.
0: Question number eight: Category Zelda Dungeon. What are the Golden Key Awards? Tattle.
3: Okay, hey, um. Are they awards for amazing posts or for different achievements that people put on the forums? I remember hearing people talk about this, but I don't remember much about what they were saying.
0: Uh I'm gonna give Lord Jabu Jabu a chance to steal that one. Yeah. Lord Jabu Jabu, what are the Golden Key Awards?
5: Well are they award for being dedicated
3: to the website? <laughs>
0: No. I'm
1: sorry, the answer that we have written here is that they are awards for forum users There are many categories meant to reward excellent members on the forums for many different things From fan writing, all the way to excellent posts, and to the most helpful members
0: They are nominated by members, and uh, given to by judges Okay, no point for that one what? that together we probably would have had the right answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> together it was close but not quite okay question number nine category the legend of zelda what must link accomplish to open the second temple in skyward sword tattle
3: um he has to go around dousing for all the for the five different key parts all over the mountain volcano to put the key together and open the door
0: that is correct. Okay, Tattle's got seven. We got one Z-Tunes question left. Question, question number 10. ten. Category Z-Tunes. Name the title of this song. Tattle! Is that the long theme? From what game?
1: Final score, Tattle Tales 9, Lord Jabu Jabu 2.
0: <laughs>
1: you did a good Holy job, Lord Jabu Jabu. You did come back on that 1Z Tunes question. 1Z
0: Tunes question. I think uh, our, ta- our contestants are going to have the same problem with Tattle that they had with Colonel. It's just getting that <laughs> bell in before they can.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. Can I help
0: with that? I actually- yes that is true that helps you
1: have been doing better on that than a previous uh champion that we had
0: but you still owe ice cream to
1: i owe nothing to no one
0: (laughs) well thank you so much for playing guys we really appreciate it we hope you had fun and we'll see tattle again next time and uh thanks for playing lord jabu jabu thank you thank Uh you all right bye guys bye 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 good game
1: Alright, well, thank you, listeners of Z-Talk, for attending our second birthday podcast. I
0: hope you had fun.
1: So, remember, guys, keep sending in those emails with uh, your mailbag questions. Voice questions get priority at dinandrish at gmail.com.
0: Remember, you can also send us segments if you want to be on the Z-Talk podcast. Be sure to check out the link in the description to see the... uh Rule book, I'll call it on making a segment and you can send it in and you can be on the podcast.
1: Also, don't forget to sign up for that Keaton quiz. Also, listed in the forums, look for the link below.
0: Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, we hope you have a good September, back to school and all that jazz. This was Din.
1: And this was Rish.
0: And this was Z Talk, the Zelda Dungeon Podcast. Thanks
1: for listening.
2: And one thing that Zelda says that helps prove my point is that she tells Minna. You and I were one. You are something like that. You and I were both one. At okay, must go look up definition or quote. Gonna look it up.
0: Are we recording again? Yes. I... <laughs> okay, hold on. No, it's fine.
1: That's a good.
0: Blueprint. All right, here we go.
1: Three, two, and. I hate how
0: this thing moves. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Then whatever, just record it.
1: Okay, ready? Five, four, three, two, one, record. How, what, what,
5: what did that contribute to the podcast? <laughs> um, I mean,
4: which people were on this again? I don't think we remember. It a random person. No, no but which people? No. Which guests? Oh,
5: right.
4: <laughs> 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 Can we put that in the
5: chat? Okay, that was, yeah, I think I'll just put that in the chat.
0: (laughs) That's a really good blooper.
5: I think we can, uh, I think we can. (laughs) The me is me, okay? Mother is me. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so, how about it? What did you guys think of that one?